Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, welcome in. Uh, This is All Ball, the All Basketball Podcast. My guest this week is Nick Bob. Nick is a talented radio host in Omaha, Nebraska. And of course, he's a native Cornhusker, grew up in Lincoln, Went to KU, then transferred to CU, to Creighton, and is uh, is an outstanding broadcaster on our Fox family of networks. We'll get to him in a second. Let me give you a couple of quick thoughts in regard to Zion Williamson. I like that Kobe Bryant finally stepped out and said, like, you made a commitment. You went to go play in college. Finish up. This is not crossing the freeway dangerous, you know? Oh, he could he could suffer severe injury. I think the I think the issue is there is a sense you you can tell me if I'm wrong. You can feel free to tweet at me at Godleaf Show. There's a sense from some people that well, Zion shouldn't play for Duke because Duke makes money off Zion. My point has always been that colleges make money off of the success of all their students, and the one difference is with Zion, yes, Duke would make money off him off of his name and his likeness and his talents and potentially win a national championship. Another one for coach K here's the payback. He'd be part of a legacy of champions at Duke. 
He'd be potentially playing the Final Four. We act like everyone in the world knows who has seen Zion Williamson play. I just Let me explain this to you. There's lots of people that don't watch college basketball. College basketball's rank, ratings, I think the one he got hurt in where he played 30 seconds in, yeah, that was, <clears throat> that got a 3.5. 3.5. That is lower than the rating for the Pro Bowl. So, so we act like everybody watches college basketball. Everybody knows who he is. He's going to be the number one pick. The chance to play for a national championship is playing for three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten times as many people which makes your brand, your the personal knowledge of who you are, even bigger. He would be a huge star coming into the NBA draft, which he may already be, but it only cements it the more mainstream America sees him play in the NCAA tournament and play for the biggest name in college basketball, which is Duke. So this idea that only Duke makes money off of Zion is not true. It is actually a very, very fair trade, even for somebody as talented as Zion Williamson. And there is something to... The commitment. We didn't ask you to commit for the rest of your life. This is not the Naval Academy or any of the service academies where if you play for two years, you, you got to serve for four. Like, no, we don't do that. Simply said, simply stated, hey, you committed to play when you're in college basketball, finish the year. If you're healthy enough to play, then play. If he's not healthy, I'm okay with him sitting till he's right, but he's just a sprained knee and I think he just scared himself. Now, what shoes he wears and how he plays, much more interesting. And if he doesn't play well, he'll get the, he'll get the pass because people will say, well, he's tentative. He's worried about his shoe ripping. But to the he shouldn't play, look, I, I hate to break it to you, but when he was playing in AAU basketball and he played in Las Vegas a couple years ago and he played against LaMelo Ball, guess what? They made money off of him. They did. And he got exposure, which helped start the building of his brand. Same thing with YouTube. And in, in the end, it'll all even out. And he'll be worth uh, a couple million by the end of this basketball season. He'll be worth, you know, tens of millions uh, within the next year or two. And potentially, if he continues to prove, hundreds of millions. Let's also remember that unlike football, where if you're not playing, you can just be training. If you're playing basketball and you're not playing with a team, you're going to be training to keep your weight down. You can just as easily get hurt. What happens then? What if you're if you're so injury riddled and he's not? What happens then? Let me quickly get to the NBA and something I've noticed with the Boston Celtics. Uh, Gordon Hayward was trending the way of being a perennial All Star. He'd only gotten one All Star game, but he left the friendly confines of Utah. And Quinn Snyder, who I, I think had done an amazing job and still is doing an amazing job as a head coach, he'd left Utah to go to Boston. Of course, as we know, a couple minutes into his first NBA game. With the Boston Celtics, he breaks his leg against the Cleveland Cavaliers. There have been a lot of people talking about whether or not the Celtics are better or worse with Kyrie Irving. And part of the issue is we look at raw data and we don't look at context, right? Whether he plays or he doesn't play, we don't point out the fact that the games that he's taken off, for the most part, have been games in which they could have a couple starters sit out and still win, Right. Like, congratulations, he didn't play against the Hawks, or he didn't play against the Magic, or he didn't play against... But he plays against the big boys. That's how they manage him, as he's coming back from that, from the, the multiple knee operations that he had that ended his season prematurely. What's not discussed is the Gordon Hayward effect. 
Hayward makes so much money that there's, like anything, inherent curiosity, maybe even jealousy in that locker room. And if you watch, they're just not, those guys are just not in on Hayward considering the amount of minutes and more minutes than shots he gets. Like Gordon Hayward is getting 26 minutes a game. 26 minutes a game, which is equal to Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown continues to be a better player. You know, whether it's Jason Tatum or or Gordon Hayward or Terry Rozier or Marcus Smart. Like, look, Marcus Smart got paid in this last offseason. So some of it's not about pay in that type of ego, but just the idea that Hayward played for Brad, I'm sure translates poorly in that locker room. Uh, he's, he's Brad's guy. And he is, you know, a former Butler guy who did break his ankle, isn't the same player, fighting his way to get back. And so while we look for for reasons, curious reasons, why the Celtics chemistry is not good as of now, there's a couple couple reasons. One, I think, is we cover the NBA far more ferocity than we ever did previously. But two, I think Gordon Hayward and the effect of his contract, the effect of his minutes, and the fact that he played for – uh, for Brad Stevens in college. He was recruited by Brad Stevens. It leads you to believe, however untrue, that he's like he's like Brad Stevens' son. He's always going to take care of him. And that creates jealousy. And that makes it so that there's not great chemistry. Because it's pretty obvious that the chemistry at now, as of now, is off with the Boston Celtics. Doesn't mean they can't turn that into a positive, but as of now, it's off. The, the Celtics thing is interesting because of Hayward. Because Kyrie is still trying to figure out how to be a leader. But we also have to remember how we cover this thing. And I would guess that as you get towards the playoffs, the rotations will shorten. The minutes for Hayward, if the production's not there, will wane. And the chemistry will get better. This has actually happened for years in the NBA. We just didn't cover it nearly as thoroughly. I know I've been doing this for 16 years. We didn't cover it like this. So I'm not selling my Brad Stevens as a genius stock. I still think the Lakers make the playoffs. And I'm fascinated to see how all the rotations come together. But it wouldn't surprise me if Portland ends up, I mean, see Portland, if Toronto ends up coming out of the East. They've been close before, and now you add Kawhi Leonard, who's an absolute killer at both ends of the floor. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Golden State Warriors, in spite of the fact that the West is not as good as it's been, struggle because DeMarcus Cousins still doesn't have lift. They're different defensively with him. And their bench isn't as good as it's been. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Here's the way we do things here. I, I want to talk this year in college basketball, but I also want to talk about you and basketball. You grew up in, in Lincoln, Nebraska? Correct. Yep. Um, is there a neighborhood in Lincoln? Like, I know nothing of Lincoln other than I land and the only place. Like, the, I, I think it's a, kind of an underrated place, uh, but I know yeah. nothing about Lincoln. Where'd you grow up? So, I grew up across the street from Frank Solich. How about that? How about that little nugget for you? So, Frank Solich, like when he would, you know when you're out playing around, like football, basketball, whatever, in your front yard or in the driveway, like when when Frank Solich turned, when when his Suburban turned into my cul-de-sac, man, it was it was on to try to prove to Frank Solich that you know you could you you were an athlete but yeah it was it's that's that's football uh country as you know Doug I mean it's uh it's it's Nebraska football 24/7 365 my dad played uh wing back for Nebraska my my uncle played wide receiver at Nebraska like there's Nebraska football uh not only in in my family but in in the area but my, where there's also a ton of Coaching. My grandpa was a uh, was was a legendary high school coach and athletic director. There's a at, at Fremont High School in Fremont, Nebraska. The gym's named after him. And so my uncle coaches high school basketball. My brother's a high school basketball coach. So there was always a ton of basketball also around me. And that was that's what I fell in love with. I was a I was a, a all state quarterback in high school as well. But I, I was just uh, you know it is I mean, when you get when you fall in love with the with the game of basketball, man. It just uh, you, you can't shake it. So, I know. I know. It was a fun time. I tried to explain it to my wife. Um, my son's nine, and last year he was eight, and he was not very good. Uh, we had moved from Connecticut, and we had had a tennis court that I had, we had played basketball on as well. And so he was decent, um, but I, I was working so much in the afternoons and on weekends that I wasn't able to really coach him. And, you know, he didn't go to clinics or whatever. He didn't grow up going to camps. And so when we got out to California, he was kind of overwhelmed a little bit. And I played him up and he didn't love it. And then now he's gotten where he's, he's kind of good at. He's better. He's not good, but he's better. And now he, I mean, now it's, he's addicted, you know, he's all over right. it. And, and it's amazing because he's playing catch up just in things he doesn't know. Um, but I, I, I get you. Okay. So why didn't you go to Nebraska? Like who was, 
who was at Nebraska when you finished up in high school? It was like 2001 or 2002 you, you got done with yeah, high school? Yeah, so I graduated in 2003. It was Barry Collier. Okay. Uh, was was the head coach at the time and he sounded perfect you know, for you. He was a two know, he was a he was a two car garage, two parent in the home guy. He loved state yeah, champions. Like he was that that was perfect for you. I know you would you would have thought I I have my little theories on things, you know. I mean if when you don't get cuz I didn't really get recruited that hard by by Nebraska at all. And I had this theory in my mind and we're I'm just going to throw it at you. There, there were so when, when Coach Collier took the job, he he immediately signed three kids from the state of Nebraska. So he a uh, high school teammate of mine, Jake Muleheisen, who was a really good player. Yeah, I know Jake. Uh, then signed Wes Wilkinson, Jason DeRusso, uh, check out four, and then he signed Roy Enright. So he signed one kid from uh, Grand Island, Nebraska, two kids from Omaha. So so he takes the job, and within you know a year or two, all of a sudden he's got four kids dug four kids from the state of Nebraska. And in my mind, I always wondered if he thought, man, am I really – because, I mean, Nebraska high school basketball is great. I wonder if he thought in his mind, I'm getting a little Nebraska heavy, and I, I don't. I, I think I maybe need to, to diversify this a little bit. It was either that or he just didn't think – he didn't like my game that much. And what's funny is when I see him now, so I do – obviously with the Big East and Fox, I do a lot of Butler games. And now Coach Collier and I have a really good relationship. But I, I'm not going to lie, when I – when I was uh, when I was coming out, I was I was I pissed, I was hurt, and and so he didn't offer you. A, he didn't you offer know, I mean, you. He didn't. Doug, he did not offer me a scholarship. He, so, he offered me to 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 walk on, uh, and yeah, that was that so, was it. He didn't so recruit you, me that hard. So you you uh, so Roy, who who recruited you from Roy staff? Roy uh, Joe Holiday. Yeah, Joe Holiday was the the yeah great guy. And what's funny and it's amazing how much things have changed, and I'm sure you. Can, can relate to this. Like, I remember me and my high school coach, we sat down, and we had this was VHS tapes. This was still when VHS tapes were a thing. And we made, I made a list of 15 schools, and we made, put two or three of my games on 15 VHS tapes and just sent them out, right? And, you know, we got responses from, like, almost everyone, either like, hey, we think, you know, we like you, we think you're mid-major, or, hey, we're, we're, we're pretty loaded at the, the combo guard, two guard, but that's how Joe Holiday in Kansas found me, and he watched my film and liked me, and then everything kind of took off from there. Which it's 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 interesting to say out loud in in hindsight now that I mean Kansas recruited me exponentially harder than Nebraska did, and I mean Kansas was you know coming off back to back Final Fours and 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 all that, and so and what was hard was you know when I when I went back and played when I was at Kansas and went back and played Nebraska, it was one of the most ruthless two hours of basketball I ever played in. I mean, I, anytime I caught the ball, they were chanting traitor and booing me. And You're I like, dude, to, like, they, didn't, they, the didn't, they didn't offer me a scholarship. You wanted me to walk yeah. on. So, um, <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to call a timeout and grab the mic and, and explain all that to people. But, you know, I mean, all is well that ends well. I mean, and, and the journey ultimately led, me, ultimately led me back to Creighton, which was a, a really good fit for me to play for Coach Altman. Um, oh, what, was, what was Roy like to play for? Well, see, that's the thing. Roy left right as I was coming in, so I so my, my whole my my. So you're career so was you're behind out. Aaron Miles. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So so I yeah. So I come in and I commit to play for Roy. Roy leaves for Carolina, and then Bill Self comes in, 
and uh, absolutely love Bill Self. I mean, he is, uh, you know, I mean, I think you're pretty close with him. He's, I mean, an awesome dude, unbelievable coach. Um, and so I, I come in, and, and you know, it's when you, when you play for someone didn't recruit you, it's it, that's challenging. You know, I mean, it's 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 tough, and especially when my game compared to the the guys that he likes are is a little different. You yeah. know, I mean, he he kind of likes defensive oriented, tough minded guards where i was more of a you you're know i was a face the floor cerebral guy you're you know? soft you're just, you're just soft uh, and soft. slow i was soft. white yeah, yeah ball, no ball, you're, <laughs> got a mighty ball you're soft you got all that from him all the time yes but, uh so no it was i mean it was uh but it was unbelievable to play at kansas for two years i always tell people like and i'm sure you you know with, with yoki state uh blood pumping through you that kansas you know you probably can never shake the you know the the hate you feel for them. No, but like, no. But, you, but no. you, but you respect that program. No, no, do, no. Listen, like, you people have it. You people are completely. They fans are fans are. Excuse me. Excuse my French. They're fucking idiots. Okay. I mean, that's <laughs> by the way. They're just the dumbest fucking people on the face of the fucking earth because they don't understand the sport. Yeah. I grew up in Southern California, and there was a there was a time Roy used to get one kid out of Southern California every year, including Paul Pierce, who was my roommate at ABCD. Yep. You go back and Adonis Jordan, my dad coached him, and he he signed him. And there's just a litany of guys that they got. Eric Chenoweth, who was behind me, um, you know, came from from right down the street. I, you know, he was he was like my kind of like my bigger little brother uh, playing in Orange County. So um, so I, I, I was actually pissed that he didn't offer me. Like, I was his exact prototype point guard for how he had a You'd Kansas. You'd be perfect for him. Right, and he yeah, t- no but question. he took Ryan Robertson, who was from, you know, much closer. Yep. And had a, so, and, but, but the other part is that people think, that like twenty years later, you're still bitter about it. Like, no, like I'm I'm a I'm a grown up. It worked out really well for yeah, me. Were, <laughs> did, did I did right. I get that Kansas got all the calls at home? Like, yeah, everybody kind of knows that, right? <laughs> right. Um. And and but but I think it's an awesome place. And once Man, you once you best. right, like there's nothing. Okay, here's a here's an honest question I have for you. You only played about half the games. There's a lot of games where you sat. I, I remember. Oh, so no Bill's, Bill's yeah. first year, he inherited a loaded team, and they kind of fought him. Um, I was told, like, he wanted longer practices. And, you know, Roy, when he gets to – Coach Williams, when he gets to, you know, February, it becomes country yeah, club. Short. You know, super, super short. Get get in, get your shots, you know, run through your stuff and get out. Um, but what's it like to go from – because I think I never experienced this. What is it like to go from being a superstar in high school and then actually not play in games, like be yeah. be, a, be a healthy scratch? It was it was really 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 hard. I mean, it because basketball basketball is a rhythm sport and it's a confidence sport. I think Charles Barkley always has the great line: "The only difference between a good player and a great player is confidence." And I don't care what you can do. You can kill in practice. You can kill in pickup games. You can put in a bunch of work in, you know, on the gun, individual workouts, whatever. But you got to go do it in a game. You know that. Like, you got to go do it in a game for that confidence to really explode. And I think that that's something that killed me. Like, I, in, in some ways, I don't know if I ever fully regained that it's hard. swagger that a lot of us play with in high school a, and that you know that f you attitude when you take the floor like you know i'm 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 going to show everybody what the deal is here for the next 40 minutes i don't know if i ever fully regained that and that that was that was hard that's now, a that's a great that's a gr- that's a great point see i i always feel like that's that was kind of my thing which was like look when i 
in AAU, I played with great players, so I did a little bit of both. But by my senior year, I was also a scorer and a passer. And then in high school, you know, I did everything. And then I got to Notre Dame, and I was trying so hard to do everything that John McLeod wanted that I kind of lost my game. And I got back some of that swagger the year I sat out. But then again, I was just like such a pleaser. But then you get into a role early on in college and it's really hard to break out. Like, look, hard I, get, I get people yeah. all the time like, well, you how, you couldn't shoot. Like, well, do you think I would have been recruited by everyone in the country if I couldn't shoot at a high school? <laughs> right. Like, right. It's, it's total confidence, yeah. mental thing. And, 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 but, but, and then, you know, you're, you're, you're told, uh, you know, by people who don't understand, like to kind of level off the attitude, whatever. But in order to, if you want to be a, and how tall are you? Six two. Yeah, to be a six two, or I'm a, I'm a six foot white dude, and play in the Big Twelve, play like you better have some swagger. Like you just yes. do, because guys are coming at you every day, and it's a great point that you go somewhere. And you, you think, all right, I'm going to bide my time, bide my time. And for me, I thought, like, look, I'm just going to do what I got to do to get on the court. And then ultimately, I'll, I'll let my game, you know, let my nuts hang and let my game come out. Yep, and it's a yep. hard thing to get back when you lose that confidence. It's tough. And, and especially for me, Doug, it was like, so I dislocated my shoulder the fourth game of my football season, my senior year, and I missed half my basketball season. So I'm, I'm coming back from that. Then I go to Kansas, and I basically – more or less don't play for two years. Then I transfer and have to sit out. So, Doug, we're talking about like almost three full years of me not really playing a lot. And it was, it, my rhythm was gone. My, my, my timing was gone and my confidence was, was a little bit shook. And then the other thing too was I think uh, subconsciously, I, tr- I tried not to be like this, but I think there was an element of I walked it. I walked into Creighton thinking, okay, I've just dealt with Keith Langford and, and Aaron Miles and, you know, Kirk Heinrich come back in the summer. I'm like, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to come in and I'm going to, I'm going to run things here. Yeah. And there was, there was a cat named Nate Funk at Creighton that was a big time mid-major guard. I mean, I'm talking big time. And in, in a lot of ways, the, the, my redshirt year at Creighton, the Valley got four teams in the NCAA tournament. Think about that. Four teams from the Valley went into the NCAA tournament. Like, the Valley was really good. Southern Illinois was really good. Yep. So, it, it was it, – I'm, I'm willing to say out loud that, I, you know, it was uh, – the Valley was better than I thought it was. I think, uh, I think the, the six inches between my ears was, a, was an issue for me kind of throughout my career. And I kind of, I kind of got it back my senior year a little bit. Uh, but then, you know, then I, then I started to have – I was battling plantar fasciitis. I started to get kind of banged up and all that. But – you know, everybody's got their, their story to tell um, on kind of explain the career. And they're, you know, I mean, I don't, I mean, listen, excuses or reasons. No, 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 no. You don't got to go there with me. Like I, I real, like, again, this is where this, this podcast is not for civilians. It's for ball guys, right? right. Like if you're into ball right. and yeah, it's like by the time you get your confidence back, now all of a sudden your body's, your body's letting you down. Like for me, by the time I yeah. got my confidence back, you know, I was already kind of into broadcasting and it was really hard. And then I was like, shit, you know? Yeah. What are you doing? What do you, what do I do? Do I, do I, do I go to, do I commit to broadcasting? Do I want to play? And then you, I mean, I'm coach Altman always, I think coach Altman had this vi- And the other thing too, is you, you talked about like trying to do everything your, your coach told you to do. I think coach Altman wanted me to be like a charge taker, uh, tough guy. And that really wasn't my game, you know, but, and so you get, then you get into, a horrible place where you're kind of fighting your role. 
Yeah. And, and you'll just never win that battle. Like I just, I, it's one of those things where I want to tell every, every kid playing out there, if you want to change your role, grow out of your role. Like be a star and be amazing at your role to the point where you're, you know, you almost have to graduate to that next role. Does that make sense? So yeah. like if you want to, you, you want to be a, 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 an unbelievable starter contributor will kill it off the bench to the point where you're embracing everything you do to where the coach goes, okay, well, we got to give you, we got to give this guy more opportunities. We got to give him more minutes and then things will build it up like that. I mean, the whole fighting your role is the, is, is the dumbest thing you could ever do as a player. Yeah. I I also think, I also think, and, and I don't know if you had this, like I would, I would work, 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 work on my shooting and my game. And then we get into the, the season and you know, you have a girlfriend, you have school, you have all this other, sh- other yeah. stuff, and all that work you did, you still get in the gym. Like, I think guys now get in the gym a lot more because they have the ability and facilities, and they got the gun machine, and they got, you know, managers galore, whatever. But again, these are some excuses, some explanations. Some of it's just on me. Just I look back, and and I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't necessarily stop working, but I wasn't working as hard in season as I yeah. did in the preseason. And, you know, when your confidence starts to wane and then the results aren't as good, then you're like, well, fuck it. I just, I'll just pass and play defense and, and, yep. and let the rest kind of take care of itself. Um, it's a, it's a fascinating thing. And it's, do you have, you have, you have kids, right? You have a, a three year old daughter. It's a, it's an amazing thing to have a son. And, you know, like he asked me, like, well, why didn't you play in the NBA? And I don't know how much I want to get into his head. But I, I, what I told him was like, well, I didn't think I could shoot. And he's like, well, could you? I was like, well, yeah, I could. I just didn't think I could shoot. I said, you know, you can't ever let anybody tell you. you got to always believe no matter what you're doing. But I don't want to get too much into his head and tell him that, yeah. you know, that that, <laughs> that I, I, I mind screwed myself, but I did. But it's an amazing thing to watch a kid kind of try and figure it out. And then he's going to ask you. And, you know, the, and the good thing is, with the exception of the shooting thing, people tell him I was a much better player than I was. Um, so that, that puts a little bit, that puts a little bit of pressure on him. Um, but it's a, it's a fascinating thing to go through. And I think, I think that most of us, you know, it's like, did you go play for the right coach? Did you go play at the right place? Did you have the right experience? Um, did you leave at the right time? Like when you left, uh, we left Kansas, the right decision was creating the right place. I don't know. Let me ask you this about, about Nebraska. What do you think happens there? I mean, you do a, you have your own show in Omaha. Yeah. Um, they, they've built incredible facilities. It's a program that, you know, again, you got to be inventive as a recruiter. Tim's shown the ability to take them to the tournament. Obviously he's coached other places and, and been good. He's a great guy. Um, but they made a, a huge investment in, in an arena and in a practice facility. And, you know, I think people want better results than what they were, what they've gotten in spite of the injury. Uh, what do you think happens there? Yeah, I, well, I think first of all, uh, when, when the fan base starts to when that's when 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 that starts to turn on you, that's a hard thing to reverse, and it feels like that has happened, where the the fan base has slowly started turning on on Coach Miles, and that negativity snowball is is humming down the mountain right now, and some of it is hard from from Coach Miles' standpoint that, you know, the Sean Eichhorst was the athletic director that didn't hire him, but then Sean Eichhorst hires Mike Riley. That's a colossal failure now. So he's two athletic directors removed from the guy who hired him. Right. And the, it, it almost feels like Coach Miles has coached on the hot seat for three straight years. And you know this, Doug, because you get it. Like, 
that is that is a program killer, man. Like that when where it, you you he has the shortest contract of any coach in the Big Ten. That hurts recruiting. Uh, there, I think Tim has said on he went on Jeff Goodman's podcast and talked about how when you're on the hot seat, you maybe coach a little bit different. He allowed a guy Jordy Schmanga, big kid, who quit the team for two days to come back, and I think he felt like that was a decision that was based out of almost hot seat stuff. And so I think in, in his defense, I do think the fact that there hasn't been a lack of there's been a lack of support from above has hurt. But at the end of the day. You know, it's year seven. He's gone to the tournament one time. Um, and the thing that I think kills him right now is, you know, he went to the tournament his second year. The next year he brought back Taran Petaway, uh, Walter Pitchford, pretty much everybody. And they fell off a cliff and didn't even make the NIT. Then this year, you know, last year they went 13-5 in the Big Ten. Big Ten was down. They didn't get in the NCAA tournament. But they returned everybody. And this year they've kind of fallen off a cliff here over the past month and a half. So the – the the two times they had good years, they didn't follow it up with uh, with sustaining it, and that's the that's the true mark of a program, man. Well, I mean, can well, you sustain it. A lot of people could have a cup of coffee up top, but can you sustain it? Yes. Also, if you return your guys, like, and I saw you yeah. tweet out something about Penn State, who'd played everybody tough, and I don't know if they make a change there, but you know, like, look, Penn State lost their best player, lost a couple other. I mean, they're they're a completely different team. Whereas the the difference with with Tim. And I think we both liked him and think he's a good coach. Yeah, so but the, I, totally. the, the difference yeah. is that returning or the meat of your team, they've had these bizarre kind of failures the, the following season, which is, which is the, the odd part. I'll, I'll, let me follow up with this. You know, I always thought that Dana would only, you know, Dana left for like a week to be Arkansas's head coach. I yeah. always thought Iowa, Iowa was the other job, you know, because he's originally from there. Iowa would be the job that he'd take. You know, you got... The Oregon thing, he took him to the Final Four, but he just doesn't seem like an Oregon guy. And he keeps having these one-and-done guys, and he doesn't really have the success he has with guys or program guys in his program. Um, I'm just wondering if you think that, that if, if Dana would come home and coach the other team in Nebraska. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Now, with that said... Because you know, that's always kind of been the thought. I think there was uh, th- there was some thought um, when when Miles was hired. I mean, almost every single coaching change they've made over the past two, three coaches, there was always the chance that Dane Altman was going to get the job, but he really never got a phone call. But I was I was emceeing an event this summer where Kyle Corver and Dane Altman went into the Creighton Hall of Fame, and I'm sitting there watching Coach Altman speak to this you know room full of Creighton people, and there was this moment where I'm sitting there going. God, would he do it? Would he? Would, would he? Would he go to the other side? Because Creighton and Nebraska—it's a big rivalry in the state. Um, I, I do think there's enough time removed from his time coaching in Omaha, and and Creighton's in a good place now. They moved to the Big East, and I don't think the fan base would necessarily feel terrible about it. And listen, Dane Altman is is born and raised Wilbur, Nebraska, and that's that's big red country, and. I, I think he's a guy, as you said it. I mean, Oregon's the Oregon's the flashiest university in in the country, and Dane Altman is the complete opposite of that. Right. There is an element of I totally agree with you. I mean, has the guy ever worn anything other than a white button-up dress shirt? Like he, ne- I mean, the, the dude is everything about Oregon is the complete opposite of of Coach Altman, and so uh, I think uh, you know his family's from Nebraska. 
Um, his wife's family's from Nebraska. I think he always wants to retire in Nebraska. All his friends are here. Like there are a lot of uh, about there's a lot about the the taking the job outside of basketball that makes sense. And then um, and then the basketball job know. is the basketball job is a lot better than it used to be. I mean, it's still a hard job. Yes, but I mean, you, you, you used to play in a in a in a different building. Now you got an unbelievable facility, right? And you yep. know his name credibility would buy him all the time he needs. And plus, if he, it doesn't end up happening, he retires and rides off in the sunset. It does. You know, I don't want to fire Tim again because he Mike Lewis is a dear friend of mine, and I think they're yeah, good. I, th- I think they're a great guy and good good people. Uh, but you know, this is kind of this is this is the business and it's the nature. Yeah, it's the nature of the business. And it's what. And by the way, it's what everybody listening to this pod actually talks about. Which is, it's the weird thing about a lot of guys in the business. Which is, they'll say like, "I can't believe Goodman has his hot seat" or whatever. Like, hey, dude, the second yep. I text you, you're like, "Did you hear this job's coming open and that job's coming open?" Like, well, we're not allowed in the <laughs> in the business to 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 yeah, talk like, about it. Right. I mean, it's the thing about Nebraska. Real quick about that job is a lot of it is however first of all i'm not sure have you been to the new arena have you been to pinnacle bank and done a game there yet have no. you seen it at all no i saw so, it was being built I, I did games when it was being you, built you you know how it is there are certain power conference jobs where the arena's dead it's half full there's no energy nebraska that it's been top 10 national attendance for the past couple of years you would have no idea when you're at a home game that nebraska now that northwestern won a tournament game a couple years ago that Nebraska is the only power conference school to never have won an NCAA tournament game based on the environment. Like it's rocking in there, Doug, like it is packed. And it's they still leave early. Like they used to, they always used to, everybody used to say like, it's like, yes. fu- and, like a fire and, alarm. I, I, <laughs> I don't, and they, and I don't know what engineer built it this way or architect where everybody to leave, you have to like walk down onto the core or under the court and like walk out. So it's like, it looks bad on TV too. Cause you can see everybody kind of funneling down, but, and it's all in the, you know, you can look at that job and be scared off and spooked by the lack of success the coaches have had. But at the same time, you can look at it and go, man, all we got to do is get to the tournament. And if we win a game, they're going to build a statue of Correct. me outside of this brand new arena, because you are instantly, you, I mean, if they if Nebraska goes to the tournament, wins a game, it's the best season in in Nebraska basketball history. And when that's the at least initial bar of things, that that's that's the one thing about you know whether it's the UCLA job or whatever. Like the the expectations are something you always got to take into consideration when you take a job. Uh, and with Nebraska, that bar is not necessarily too high. Um, Marquette loses to Villanova. Uh, how good is Marquette? Wojo actually asked yeah, me this I, question, and so I think he downloads the podcast. How good do you think they are? I think they're. Uh, I think I think they're a team that that is is going to need the right matchup. I think just like, and you can say that about a lot of teams, but I think the really good teams are kind of uh, matchup proof, if that makes sense. Oh, um, I don't know. Are, how many matter. how many teams are there that are that are matchup proof this year, though? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think uh, my thing is, I, I think, think I feel like they're a guard away. Like if Kobe McEwen was was eligible this year, like I don't think he's uh, last year at Utah State he was as good as what his reputation will be leading into Marquette next year. But they had somebody else other than Marcus who could handle the ball, who could make a couple plays, thing. right? And and yep, like, look, the Hauser boys are awesome, awesome. And I love you talk about uh, uh, you know succeeding in your roles, whether it's 
uh, Siakam or or Theo John, like those guys have improved, but they also totally accept, embrace, and thrive within their roles. But it, it's it's kind of like, look, Marcus Howard, they run everything for him, and then the Hauser boys can post, they can shoot, and they can play off of him. But they, it feels like they need one more guy to handle the ball, and they just don't have that. Yeah, I think you know, Anum has has gotten better, but he's still not a, an overly dynamic guy creating. Um, you know, he's a guy that probably needs to close out, you know, a kick close out to really go make a play or, mm-hmm. you know, a weave to get a get downhill kind of uh, a look. I'm with you. And that, I watched that Utah State transfer in practice. He was Miles Powell in the scout team and dude was cooking. Yeah. So he's he's a he's a really good player. But I, I'd agree. I like Marquette. I mean, because the other day, Marcus Howard is I mean, you got the the fact that this dude can go for for 40, 50 any night. Yeah, and, you know, they do have guys that you, it's not like you can just punk um you, you can just play way up. Like, like with Seton Hall, you can totally sell out to Miles Powell, and they just don't have a ton of guys that can score, and the, the other dudes on the floor. Right. What, I mean, you, you can't just give Joey Hauser 10 standstill threes. You know, you, 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 can't give, uh, the, you can't give those guys easy looks. But I, I'm with you. I, the, there is an element of, of they feel like they're a ball handler short, but I think they've really improved defensively. Um, I think they, they totally have embraced who they are. And when you got a guy like Howard, I mean, any, anything's possible. And when they've they've beat good teams, I mean, Buffalo's a really good team. Howard went nuts in the second half; had forty in the second half. They beat a Kansas State team, who, as you know, is I mean, that's a bunch of grown men defensively that that Howard torched. Like they are, they're a team that I I don't I don't love to make a deep run, but it also wouldn't stun me because they got the, the, the stud and how um, tonight at the time of this recording, you're going to see, you're going to call old dominion against uh, UT San Antonio. And I've seen both in person. I've done some CUSA games and the UT SA guards, Keaton Wallace and Javon Jackson, dude, they're fun. They combined average like 44 points a game. ODU is really good defensively. BJ Stith is their stud. Of course, his dad, his dad Bryant, is on the staff. Played uh, for Jeff Jones at at Virginia. It's a little bit. It's kind of a little bit weird, right? But that both brothers mm-hmm. and the dad played <laughs> played for the coach. Like, and he doesn't. Maybe it's because I was recruited by Jeff that I don't feel like there. Any he's that old, but I guess I guess he is that old. Um, this is a league that's produced teams that won NCAA tournament games. Really, one team that's won NCAA tournament games the past uh, couple years. Middle was had it rolling. Um, how, how is ODU good enough to win a game in the tournament? I, I, absolutely. I mean, they're uh, they're they're big. Um, they're they're tough to play against because they control tempo, and they they got a you know they got what you want in terms of what you chase as a as any program. They got two senior veteran guards that are thousand point scorers that that aren't going to be afraid of any moment. And the the thing that that makes them kind of unique is with BJ Stith anymore. It's hilarious to watch people try to defend like long curls and and defend pin downs. People are that that's become the unique thing. Yeah. Like now everything is ball, ball screen, screen yeah. pick and pop. You know, spread it out. Old Dominion's unique in the sense that they, they'll do some ball screen stuff with the Mott Caver, their point guard, but they're really doing a lot of different things with Stith, running them off of, of curls and pin downs and different things, and it's, it's tough for people to, to, to slow, slow him down. So I think they're good enough. I mean, they're, they're outstanding defensively. Um, you know, I think they're, t- they're top 10 nationally in field goal percentage defense, which is something that I, I don't – scoring defense, a lot of that has to do with your, your tempo and your pace. I mean mm-hmm. – 
I, at least I'm a field goal percentage defense guy. And so the fact they, I mean, teams don't shoot a high percentage on them. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they're a team that can necessarily make a run to the second weekend. But, you know, they're, they're, the, they're the type of team that would be a, a, a tough one to see if you saw them in the first round because of their tempo and their style. Zion goes down with a sprained knee. I'm guessing he's probably healthy. Um, do you think he should play? Man, Doug, I, now, listen, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but sometimes you need a choir to preach to. Like, what are people talking about with, with the whole shut-it-down stuff? Like, I don't – I just – I mean, I guess I, – I don't want to be disingenuous. Do I understand that can – I, can, I, can I wrap my mind around the other side of, of, of it? I suppose. But this isn't like – Christian McCaffrey sitting out of, of the Little Caesars Bowl. <laughs> Sun Bowl. Like, it was Sun, it was I, Sun like Bowl, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I, I can wrap my mind around that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a game. It's not a championship. Um, you're a running back. It's like you're, you're going to get hit 30 times in a game. Like, Zion, Zion they're, they're still playing for a national championship. And I just do not want to live in a world where I'm going to say out loud that I don't see any value in that. At all. Well, well, just just the finance. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but just the, the idea of people are like, well, there's no value. In it. Yes, there is. You win a national championship. Your your brand and likeness. Uh, I don't want to say they oh. double, but you become like we all think everybody knows who Zion is. Like that's just not right. the. It's they just don't. They, they just don't. I mean the the power. Look, I, dude, I worked at, at at CBS and for for Turner, and I've I had done it for ten years. D- done the NCAA, done all the college basketball for ten years. And I can tell you, the first time I was on CBS, I would I'd go to the airport and be like, ah, I didn't know you'd, you'd you know, and th- like, I didn't know, I had no yeah. idea. Like, what do you mean you don't have no idea? Because people watch the tournament that have never watched basketball before. That's the beauty of the tournament. Yeah. But anyway, go yeah. ahead. And, and then just, just the competitive yeah, I mean, aspect I the, to it, I, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I, and the, the, if you're going to use Zion, the other thing too, and there's see the problem is people have taken a bunch of different conversations and try to slam it into this one Zion should shut it down. It's like okay, we can have the one and done conversation, we can have the pay players conversation. Like this is not necessarily applicable to all that. I mean, because because to me the thing if you if you want to use Zion Williamson as a reason why the one and done should go away, like that's dude, you got the wrong guy. He's if anything, he's the argument for going to college because. He was not the number one pick three months ago. R.J. Barrett was. Now Zion's the number one pick. He was a YouTube sensation. Right. That, and, and as you said, like, not everybody knows who this dude was. Now he's getting 24-7, 365 chatter on Fox, on ESPN, and all these different networks. If he, if, if he wasn't playing for Duke and playing college basketball, that's not happening. Like, so his profile has, has increased even more. So I, I just he's the example for going to college. And then the other thing I don't understand too is that okay, so he shuts it down, right? Mm-hmm. Is he is he still gonna so is he he's still gonna play basketball? Of course. Like he's gonna, he, he's gonna he, work out. Right. I mean, he like he could like what I don't understand, I think Mike DeCourcy wrote about this and it's it's spot on. It's like so are we saying that it's okay like if if Zion Williamson gets hurt playing pickup on a random Saturday morning, oh, that that's cool, but if he gets hurt playing NC State or whoever, like in, in Cameron Indoor, that's that's not okay. He's going to continue to play basketball, and there's a chance he's going to get hurt. I just don't I, don't, I don't, I don't get it at all. I don't either. Hey, man, enjoy, uh, uh, enjoy Virginia. Um, it's a cool arena there, and let's, uh, let's catch up again soon next time you're in L.A. 
uh, beer on me or coffee on me. I'm more of a coffee guy, but uh, you know I love you know I love <laughs> Omaha. I may pop in and see yes, you. Sir. Uh, yours and Hoops. We'll talk soon. Hey man, I love the podcast. I listen to it all the time. Really appreciate you having me on, Doug. I want to see if you listen to yourself. That'll be awkward. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> All right, last thing in terms of college basketball. I understand that they play in the West Coast Conference. I fully get that they've been so ridiculously dominant, it points out. Actually, I got two things I want to get to with college basketball. First is, how do we get to this point where the Pac-12 teams like Arizona State, who was actually good in the non-conference, did lose at home to Princeton after beating Kansas. Like, their success in conference and their improvement somehow gets marginalized as opposed to, say, St. Mary's, which has played its way into the bubble, which hasn't offered any sort of level of competitiveness with Gonzaga. Like, beating up on average WCC teams? St. Mary's is not an NCAA tournament team. I think Arizona State is. I frankly think if if Oregon State can beat both Arizona and Arizona State this week and then beat at least Washington State on the road, Maybe they'll, they lose to Washington. All right, so you go 3-1 and one down the stretch and win a game in the Pac-12 tournament. I think they're an NCAA tournament team. I'm looking at this bubble and these bottom teams, and we're making excuses for teams that have had bad seasons. Well, they play in great conferences. I agree. Good conferences against good conference schedules. But if you're two or three or four games below 500, sorry. Sorry. And then we're also bearing the lead. I think Duke is outstanding. And I think some of their younger players have gotten better. But Gonzaga beat them in Maui, and Gonzaga has gotten better. We keep searching for reasons to put Virginia ahead of Duke. Look, if Zion Williamson's playing, Virginia's better than Duke. How do I know? They played twice, and they're better. And I think they're going to continue to get better. I still think Virginia's a Final Four caliber team, but don't tell me that they're the second best team if Zion's playing. If Zion's not playing, Duke ain't winning this thing, not with two scores. No way. And not enough shooting. They might not have enough shooting anyway. And if you don't have Zion, you just don't have enough. But Gonzaga is your best team. Start there, and then every other conversation can take place. All right, this is going to do it for All Ball. My thanks to Nick Ball. Thanks to you for downloading, subscribing, and rating the show. Reminder, listen to my radio show daily, 3 to 6 Eastern Time, 12 to 3 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Until next time, I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time 
every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.